Good morning, everyone. This is Connie Lingus. Yes, L. As in Lingus, here with. I'm still Peter. As in Peter. And you are listening to WNYU bringing you Category Is Dragcast Extravaganza. So for this week, we'll be talking about Season 11, Episode 2 of Drag Race and be doing our drag event spotlight, Herstory Edition. This time talking about the Frida Kahlo exhibit in the Brooklyn Museum. Tune in a little bit later to hear more about that. But first, let's talk about the episode. Let's start off talking about the mini challenge. (sighs) I'd like to forget this mini challenge Because I feel like I saw way too much of Silky's body than I'd ever needed to see in my life. You know what? I thought it was cute. Then, I mean, it was a little like, okay, it's a lot. It's a lot. But, I mean, I can't complain that much. She definitely won the challenge. And she definitely deserved to win the challenge. She was the best in the mini challenge by far. At first, when I saw it, I was like... Uh, did the second really need to go to Brooklyn? But then I watched it again and I was like, yeah, they were the two best in that challenge by far. Most others were either just uninspired or just not that interesting. Yeah, I I have a feeling it's kind of like the old Nick game show, Nick Arcade. If a team made it to the end, they did this thing where they kind of got sucked into a video game and... Basically, what they were doing was like walking and moving in front of a green screen and then watching a monitor to try to see where they were walking. So it was always kind of awkward because it's not like they could see what they were doing in context to what they were like actually in front of. This relates to this because I feel like that's kind of the case, the awkwardness. It's like these girls have to pose in awkward positions and they have like no relative understanding of where they're going to be placed in context of the photo it's just pose silly and hope they photoshop me well some of the photoshops did work well i forget which one was trying to get the autograph yeah it was photoshopped well i don't know if it was that creative silky's was extremely creative i don't know if the autograph one was as creative but it was photoshopped well some of them were not photoshopped well but that's because what are you going to do with the picture it's not like you can choose a new picture you're given a picture and you have to work with it so i agree it does have this aspect of i can't see for sure where i'm going to be but all the same i also think that there's a level of intuition and just creativity that you do have to bring to it And I think that some queens brought more of that than others. I think that Silky and Brooklyn definitely deserve to win this one. Yeah, there's nothing more creative than getting very naked and showing the world way too much of your body. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean that genuinely. Good of her to think of that. And yeah, I I agree with Brooklyn also getting the win. My note that I had was just, I think that cemented my opinion that, wow, Brooklyn is just very pretty. Even on her like, quick drag she's still very i think she she's one of the prettier girls there though which we'll talk about in a bit she's one of the prettier girls there i would not call her the prettiest i know who i would call the prettiest and we are no doubt going to be talking about her whether in a positive or negative connotation moving on from the mini we were introduced to the maxi challenge which was this week 
movie parodies this time around. A Black Panther parody and a Get Out parody. Very topical. Girls are split up into teams to act. Before we get to that, I think it's worth talking about the workroom shenanigans, both before and after the filming of this challenge. So one thing that stood out to me amongst their time in the workroom is that I feel like this season they're really bringing it with the production value. And this applies both to the challenge and even just general, like hanging around in the workroom. Like what stood out to me was when they were reading the script and Vanjie was reading the script and was like super puzzled as to what her character was supposed to be like. They like edited in, I'm not sure if you remember, but mathematical equations all around her head. And I'm like, I felt a little tacky to me. It felt a little Instagram meme sort of thing. But I mean, I'm not trying to say that this has had a bad production quality so far. I think that for the most part, it's been good. I mean, I know we're talking about reality TV here, but come on. It's silly and over the top. But at the same time, it kind of shows, I feel like, more effort in their parts and just kind of making the show feel more expensive. Like, I feel this season so far has felt more expensive than the rest, just in terms of with, like, the guests, like, starting with Miley, and then just how tight the editing has become, how poppy the visuals they've made with just like effects and stuff and especially with the maxi challenge the stuff that they filmed for that was some of the better of green screen schlock that they usually film these have been some of the better green screen movies that we've seen usually when it's a green screen movie it's hardly worth watching you're just like okay this is the most predictable plot ever i mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying that these challenges weren't predictable but at least they were a little more entertaining usually it's just like okay some of the queens are really good at acting most of them aren't this was actually entertaining to watch in terms of production value i'm still going to hold that i don't want to see instagram meme tier stuff but it's not something that i'm going to complain about for ages so another exciting workroom shenanigan was the whole calling out Silky Saga and Silky firing back. They have criticized me and my leadership skills. They have talked about me like a doll. They have drugged me through the mug. It really, really pisses me off. Go Silky for telling them off. I don't know how you still feel about her, at least from a personality wise. We'll talk about how she did in like the challenge and the runway. I still think Silky's fun. I still think she's fun too. I have some thoughts about the whole let's talk about Silky drama. First off, when you say something on Drag Race, you need to expect that everybody will hear it because this is television. Mm -hmm. So when Rue asks, what do you think of the other team? And you say, I think they're going to do poorly because I don't really think that Silky works well. She seems to have people who likely won't work together. I feel like when you say that, you have to expect it to go out at some point. So you need to be aware of that. And you know what? That's okay to an extent. You can voice your honest opinions about what could be the strengths and weaknesses of a team. I'm going to start with coming at Rue for a second. Don't get me wrong. She never said, I'm not going to tell them anything. But it felt, just come on, you know? She just goes right over and she says, you know, Silky, they're talking some mad trash about you. Like, they just hate your ass. I'm just saying. (laughs) When they were playing 
quote, bang, marry, kill earlier, trust me, they definitely all want to kill you. You're, you're dead. It's like, come on. I, I prefer it when the drama's a little more silent and then kind of breaks out naturally instead of Rue yeah. trying to that felt provoke prompt- it. Yeah, it felt provoked. It felt prompted. But nonetheless, we got a nice silky response out of it help speed along the inevitable silky comments about people talking crap. They cut the length of the arc. Just uh, made it happen ASAP. All I'm going to say is, Ariel, stop, okay? Look, you want to say it the first episode, you want to complain about Silky? Fine, okay? You have the right to complain because, don't get me wrong, she was being very rambunctious in the first episode. Maybe that's not your cup of tea, but you got to stop making tea. Okay, we're we're about to go into the third episode. You can't hold on to this. Yeah, I I agree. We'll play the clip here of Ariel complaining again. She pretty much says the same exact thing again. I just think that there's a difference between having a strong personality and being obnoxious. Like, I feel like all she knows how to levy criticism is just by calling her obnoxious. Again, she hammers someone obnoxious. Ariel, newsflash, calling someone obnoxious over and over again. Pretty darn obnoxious. Yet she came in and she was trying to be like, I'm not the obnoxious Instagram queen that everybody says that I am. And she's not doing a good job at proving them wrong. I feel like nobody's brought attention to that yet. I hope they do soon because that kind of stands out to me. You can't go in there and be like, I'm not that Instagram bitch that everybody says that I am. And then all of a sudden you start talking smack about everybody. I'm... The one, the one thing I'll say, at least in her favor, is that at least she was the only one that got out there and admitted, like, yeah, that was, I contributed. Like, everyone else just stayed quiet. So kudos to her for owning up to her trash talking. I mean, let's be real. Ariel was, if I'm not mistaken, she was the one who started that conversation. But yes, I agree. She did come out and come clean about it. I don't know. It still shouldn't have really happened in the first place. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about drama. I'm just saying that Ariel needs to tone it down from this point forward. If she just keeps on harping about it, it's going to be an issue. I mean, I think that the best parallel is season 10 when the vixen is complaining about Eureka. It's like, okay, we get it. You don't like what she's doing. She's making a big deal out of everything. I agree with you. Second episode, she complains about it. I agree with you. Third episode, calm down. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Last thing I want to add on with the workroom shenanigans was just a brief comment on how Silky and Whiteface is probably one of the most horrifying things I've seen on television other than most of her naked body just minutes before. I was about to say, you sound very horrified by Silky so far. No. No, I I was just not expecting all that body uncovered. And then just the white face, she looked like one of those monsters from one of those Japanese horror films. Like, if that clip had come out in the early 2000s, there would have been, like, one of those screamer videos with her face popping out. I was glad her look did not involve that in the end. But we'll talk about her look and what she did or didn't do with that uh, once we get to the runway. It did not come out in the early 2000s, but it did come out in the late 2010s. So instead, we have people talking about whether it's racist to wear whiteface. Yes. Moving on to the maxi challenge. I feel like there isn't that much to say here. 
It was kind of lame on both parts. I will say that one thing that stood out to me that made me laugh is just all the times Ariel just said girl in her rehearsal. Girl, 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 girl. Darn girl. That's <laughs> her best response. Yeah, that's, I mean, if that's the best she could say, that's the best I could say. <laughs> well, what I want to ask is, Scarlett, what do you think in this challenge? I thought she was fine. I thought they gave her maybe a little too much credit. Like, I think performance held everything together. It doesn't stand out to me as much as Evie's. Like, she was a good sidekick to Evie, who is, I think, the real star of their Get Out parody. Not to mention this show in general. Mm. We're going to talk about that, too. That's something that we need to address. But, yeah, Scarlet's fine. She didn't deserve the win. Banji was robbed again. Okay, I'm I agree. Vanji should have been in the top. What's the deal? That Libra was great. We'll, we'll talk about the look once we get to the runway, but I think I want to disagree with you a bit on Scarlet there. I think that she did a really good job. She was fine. And I thought her runway look was fine. It was neither the best nor the worst. I think she held everything together for acting, and I think that she did a little more than that. I think that she had really great expressions. I think that she portrayed emotions very well. I think that she was fun to watch. I think that she went out and she said that you're choosing, is this sabotage? You're going to choose me to have all the lines? Usually, I'm expecting like a milk from All Stars 3. I'm expecting like Mm. uh, she's going to talk a big game and she's not going to do too well. But you know what? I think that she did a great job. Did I like her as much as I liked Evie's performance? No, but I think that it was a close second. I think that she said, I'm going to do well at this, and then she came out and she did well at this. And you know what? I can't complain about her being cocky if she's going to show the cock. I don't know if I have to censor that or not. We'll leave that in regardless. She was fine. I think I just don't like her attitude. I don't like her attitude either. Don't and, get me wrong. And that, that just colors so much. Like, I'm extra critical, I think, of her because of just how much of a game she talks. I think she did do the type of performance to prove that she is an asset to a team. But I still don't think she is as good as she thinks she is. But that's often a problem that other queens have. It just I think it comes down to the rest of your personality. And I think she doesn't have a rest of a personality that she's shown so far other than being mean and complaining. I agree with there. Other things that stood out about the Maxi Challenge. Good God Girl Get Out got really meta. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Especially because they're talking about drag being in the mainstream and it's like, oh, how the mainstream's appropriating drag culture, which is a weird way to say it. But look, I want to take a moment to address this idea of drag in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start by saying that RuPaul's Drag Race is the mainstream right now. Mm -hmm. Let's not pretend that it hasn't been essential in bringing drag to the mainstream. So I don't know if that's an intentionally self-aware criticism or if it is just a criticism that is extremely unaware. But I think it kind of stood out to me. I don't know. I haven't seen people like abuse it in the mainstream, like how they're suggesting people making drag race all references all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen people abuse it. Mm-hmm. But then again, what do I know? We're sitting here doing yet another recap. So <laughs> like, aren't we technically a part of it, too? I don't know. It raises some interesting questions. I don't know whether I'm taking the commentary too seriously or not. I think you're taking it too seriously. I think they just did. Hey, 
Get Out is topical. Just speaking of the Get Out, Van Vanjie's. We're we're gonna cut to Vanjie's Cookie Monster here. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Christine. Hi. I'm a regular dad. I'm not a regular dad. I'm cool. And I've been back on three times. That just gave me so much life. I was laughing along with Ross and Michelle. I don't think I have to say anything else other than Vanjie, you're you're a national treasure in all regards. I want to be clear here, though. Yes, I thought that she was funny. Yes, I thought that she did a good job. Yes, I thought she definitely should have been in the top. But comedy can't get you the win every time. It needs to be comedy and you need to have a good performance regardless. So while I did think that what she did was very funny... And yes, once again, I think that she should have been in the top, but I don't think that she was like the best performance in the Maxi Challenge on that alone, for instance. Yeah, like compared to Evie and Scarlett, she was not as good, but she made me laugh more than Scarlett did. Making somebody laugh is a plus, especially when a lot of the jokes in the script were very stale. I don't think they're all so stale. I don't think that the comedy is a total life preserver but i do think that it's a set of water wings yeah so all i have to say about the the black panther team was plastique is the only standout that's all i had to say and sugar was fine i think they gave her a little too much credit i think her joke was stale i'm with you there though there's probably a great argument to be had about an asian character demeaning herself just to play like kind of like the stereotype like Vietnamese Asian accent. I mean, we saw Gia do it last season. Yeah, and it was embarrassing that. It wasn't it was as embarrassing. Really embarrassing. It wasn't as embarrassing as that and it was really bad. But yeah, it felt it felt more like good-natured and like the character was one of the stronger characters at least. So, it 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 I think makes up for it. And something that stood out to me, I think it was actually in the get out uh, just a Derek Barry cameo. Just, I hope that they just filmed a bunch of stuff with all the queens that they had for the premiere episode and just sprinkle that in throughout the episodes because I just love when it's just, Derek's here. I don't like Derek, but I think that cameo is really funny. Let's take a look at the runway. Yeah, so best looks, I think, Rue looked like an African goddess. Doesn't Rue always look like a goddess? Yes, but she looked like an African goddess. She looked like one that was from Africa this time. Yes. Next time, she might look like an Antarctic goddess. You never know. Uh, You're not wrong. Rue, penguin outfit next time. (laughs) Don't fail me. I like the two fish outfits, which were uh, Akira's and Brooklyn's. They both kind of looked like rainbow fish. Uh, Brought me back to my childhood. Bright colors. Just real nice stuff. I forgot about rainbow fish. Yeah, you're you're correct, though. I I liked both of them. Mm -hmm. I thought that they were, even though they were both very similar, I thought that they were both very good. Vanjie's rose scale was just really impressive and such a fun and big interpretation of her star sign. Who's and the one with the Leo that looks like a lion was literally just stitched onto the front? Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Plastique again with her evil-looking Aries look. She looks straight out of like a live-action Disney film. It was well done. It was 
Plastique is, is impressing me. I have a friend that thinks that she is going to take it to, like, take the crown. I'm not sure about that, but I think she can make it very far in this competition. She's going to take the Valentina vote. Probably. Going on to the worst. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not done talking about the best if we're not going to bring up both Scarlet and Evie, whose both of their outfits I seriously liked. Oh, funny enough, I put Evie's in the worst. Really? Okay, well, that's an important thing we're going to have to talk about. We're going to have to talk about Evie's drag. Scar- Scarlet, I did not think it was best. or the- I just thought it was fine. I, thought, I, I thought it was really well done, but to each his own. Yeah, uh, the worst for me were... Both Raja and Ariel had, like, furry outfits. I think Raja's was the lion, and Ariel's with, like, the unicorn I'm ram. I'm not thinking of Raja. I'm thinking of... Nina West. Okay. Nina West, she looked like she literally just found, like, a child's blanket with a lion on it, bought it from the dollar store, and then sewed it onto a dress. It was so lazy, and that should have put her in the bottom. Another thing that felt lazy to me was Silky's, I called it Silky's Uggs Capricorn in my <laughs> notes, because it looked like that girl was wearing Uggs on the runway. Wasn't my favorite, but I didn't really object to it that much. Yeah, and last for me was Evie's, not last as worse, but the last to talk about was Evie's Robot Lion. We're going to have to talk about this because Evie has a style of drag that I personally haven't seen before. I don't know if you have. I guess not in drag race. I don't know. That just drag line just felt it felt very cheap. It like it felt like the pieces, the chest plate looked like a bad party city default robot chest plate. The lion makeup was well done. The makeup it, was very very well done. It just like I think it looked kind of cheap and it creative at the expense of cohesiveness. And it just didn't do a lot for me. I was just like, eh. I'm going to say this about Evie. I think that everything with her is a total hit or a total miss. And I think that you're going to see that moving on. I This, personally, this outfit was a total hit for me. Did some parts of it look cheap? Maybe. But I was okay with that simply because I loved the idea and I loved the execution. I really, really liked the makeup and I like how she just took a line and was like what the hell let's make it a robot and that's the thing everything that she does is just totally weird and sometimes it doesn't help her the mini challenge was literally just her making a weird frothing face yeah that didn't work and I think that you have to take a look at her and ask are we ready for this style of drag not as in it's super advanced but as in it's just so different to what we regularly see. I think that she'll have her high moments, Mm -hmm. but I think that it'll only take one total miss for her to be seriously in jeopardy. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Finally, we'll get to, we're getting to the lip sync. It was Kahana and Mercedes. Both their outfits were kind of lame. Both their performances in the challenge were lame. Kahana was really good at lip syncing. Yeah. And she's still very good at lip syncing. But the drag race rule is that if you're going to survive two lip syncs in a row, you better have a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I I think she had the better lip sync, but she was in the row bottom twice in a row. And that early, they kind of had to send her home. But those backflips were very impressive. Unless you're Nina Benina Brown, you can't survive multiple bottoms in a (sighs) row. Let's not talk about Nina. She frustrated (laughs) me. So those 
paper, the paper peach sheet. You need the other person to forget the words to the lip sync if you want to make it through the bottom multiple she, times. She should not have won Miss uh, Charisma Uniqueness Nerve and Talent. And oh, she definitely was unique. What are you talking? I'm. I didn't like her style, but it was unique. I'm, but I'm talking about the whole Miss Charisma Uniqueness Nerve and Talent. She did not deserve to win that because that peach looked awful. Anyways. Okay, fine. Moving on from my hatred of Nina, we're doing the Drag Event Spotlight Herstory Edition, and we're talking about the Frida Kahlo exhibit going on at the Brooklyn Museum. The Brooklyn Museum, which is right off the Tour 3 stop for Brooklyn Museum, uh, is having an exhibit of Frida Kahlo running until May 12th. Who is Frida Kahlo? She's a very famous Mexican painter and, yeah, just mostly known for her painting, uh, specifically her self-portraits. She's kind of a huge personality and huge phenomenon, very huge phenomenon to the point that this exhibit is selling out pretty much every day, even on weekdays. Because she's just such a, she had such a unique personality and way of going about her life and just confidence in her aesthetic and just proudness of her culture that was unparalleled and incredibly influential. We see it on Drag Race outfits that were either deliberately Frida Kahlo inspired or directly Frida Kahlo. I believe Thorgy did an outfit as Frida at some point. She's kind of become an icon for the community, LGBTQ community. She's an icon for the Hispanic community. She's an icon for women everywhere. She is attributed in the exhibit as being what we would now consider like gender binary and it showed in the way she portrayed herself at times there's even a famous photograph of her of her with her family in male drag so she's a super monumental and important figure i think and many would agree and this exhibit at the museum is just such a comprehensive breakdown of her life and career and just has so many of her outfits, so many of her paintings, a lot of her writing and does a great job of giving the perspective of her career and the perspective of who and what had an impact on her life. And for a figure that is so well-renowned and so popular, I think it's super important that they have this exhibit so people know the person behind the aesthetic because I feel so much of Frida is an aesthetic that people cling to, but there's more than that. Just the way she buried herself with just so much confidence and just unparalleled. So... (laughs) Obviously, you've heard me gush enough about her and the exhibit. It's 100% worth a visit. It's only 16 for students, 25 for adults. And it's running until May 12th. If you're a fan of the community, you're a fan of Frida, you're, if you're just a fan of 
interesting figures, check out that exhibit. It's in high demand, so get on it as soon as you can because it's only going to get more in high demand as the time goes on. And with that, we have the end of our episode. This will mark the transition of, actually, our drag event spotlight from a weekly to a bi-weekly event just to uh, introduce a new series uh, or some new series in general uh, that we'll play every other week. Uh, so we'll start with that next week with a surprise. This is Connie Lingus here with... The name's still going to keep on pending, amigos. It's it's not going anywhere. Also known as Peter. Signing off. Super special thank you to Miss Darling for their song, Young Lovers, that's used in the intro and outro of this podcast. Thank you, and have a lovely day.